starting a new series this morning, and, and we're talking about, uh, I, I ended the, the series last week, the Anchored series, and we talked about in the last message there, if you guys remember, was thanking the spiritual leaders in your life that have poured into you, that have invested in you, that have brought you to the place you were before. I hope that you guys actually sit here in church and you receive and you act on what you hear. And I hope that there was a lot of people that were actually praying for the spiritual leaders in their lives. They're mini church shepherds, the, the people that just are a few levels ahead and they've, they're leading you towards your, your walk with Jesus. I hope you took the time to pray for them this past week. I know people were praying for me. I actually felt it. But I hope you actually got the opportunity to thank some of those people. Did anybody you do the homework? Come on, you guys come here. You better do something. Like, otherwise, I'm wasting my time here. I hope that you're actually listening and going, you know, that's something that's going to better my life and better the people's lives that I, I bless. I know that there was people that thanked me, and I was like, touched and moved. But on the other hand, I got to go and thank people that have invested in my life over the years. As, as recently as yesterday, I saw someone that I hadn't seen in years and years, and they had kind of uh, uh, directed my life, guided me towards Jesus back when I was like a teenager, and I hadn't seen him for a long time. So I took the time face to face, which is the best, right? Texting is good, emails and all of that, phone calls is good. But face to face, look them in the eye and just say, hey, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for investing in me, pushing me towards Jesus when I was in a, those screwed up teenage years where you don't know what's going on. Thank you for what you did for those times in my life. Part of the reason I can do what I do now and invest in other people and share the love of Jesus is because what you did back when I was like an eighth grader, a ninth grader. And the guy was like, had tears in his eyes. And I'm like, Good. I hope you feel that. Not in a bad way, but in a way that says, I hope you understand and receive that your life made a difference in this life right here. And I hope that all of us would take the time to really thank the people that have invested in our lives and that people would be able to thank you because it, it spurs us on to keep doing what we do. Is that good? <clears throat> so that's last week. So that's the end of the Anchored series. Um, <clears throat> we finished the book of Hebrews, but I want to go into a new series that's going to carry us <clears throat> through Christmas. And um, basically, I, I love the book of Hebrews so much, I couldn't get enough of it. And so I'm actually going to do a series on one verse that we have in Hebrews that is so full of depth of uh, importance to us. And that's the verse in Hebrews 13, 8, that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, we're going to take a few weeks to stop on each of these things. What it means that Jesus is the same in our yesterdays, and then another week that says that he's the same in our today, in our situation right now, and also focus a week on he's the same in our tomorrows, and in our future, and in our eternity, and we're going to stop and dig deep and, and share life practical application in each of those, but today I want to take you guys on an overview. I want to talk about this verse, <clears throat> Hebrews 13, 8, and I want to give an overview, and to me the most powerful thing that I see in this verse, Hebrews 13, 8, is that life is constantly changing. Would you guys agree? Life is always, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You never know the situation you're in today. You, you just, you don't know. But there's one thing that remains constant, and that's Jesus, that he never changes. And that's a powerful thing to know that will change our lives. Because we have people and things and situations and products in our lives that let us down. Why? Because they change, right? Anybody have people in your life that you, you trusted and you relied on them and you just always thought this one way about them and suddenly one day they changed and they let you down? Anybody ever experienced that? That you thought you could rely? I mean, all of us, right? We rely on these people. They're close, close to us. And then for whatever reason, they betray us one day or they just change and, and it screws with us. That's heavy. It goes to all kinds of people, including, if I can say it, I've, I've been hurt by my hairdresser. Anybody? Come on. 
your barber, your barber, your stylist or whatever. See, uh, years ago, I used to always go to like w really good stylists, you know, in the salon and everything like that. But, but the problem was, not with them, but with me is, I didn't like setting the appointment and going and showing up for that. I wanted to just get a haircut when I needed it. So now I go to the fine establishment known as Supercuts. Anybody? Come on. Supercuts. It's quick. It's easy. The price is guaranteed. I mean, your hair will be shorter. You don't know what it's going to look like. It will be shorter, though. That's, what, that's the kind of haircut I like. Anybody with me? Men? Come on. We just, it's just too long. We just want it short. Just do something with it, right? So I know I can rely on them. I go into them. And um, I know it's going to be the same price. I'm, I'm in it out of there in like 10 minutes, right? Or <laughs> whatever it is to take them just like. <clears throat> and um, so I found a good, because um, they're always changing, right? You always get a different person in there, haircutter, stylist. Uh, what are they called? I don't know. It used to be easy back in the day. Barbers cut men's hair and hairstylists did women's things. And now it's like, I don't know, styling technicians or whatever. But so I always get a different one. And the, for a while, though, here's what's cool is I got the same girl. And I always tried to walk in on that right day at that time so that I would kind of always get that same girl, right? And no appointments. I don't have time for that. But I, I'd always try to get the same one. And so for like three times in a row, I'm like, yes, she's good. She does it fast. She does it how I want it. Same price. Oh, this is so good. Then one day, for whatever reason, she graduates from Supercuts to get better to go somewhere else. She's not there anymore right? And so I felt like this. I felt like we broke up. I felt like bum. I'm like, I, I don't want to take a gamble with that guy or this girl or whatever. That was the one. We had something good going. Why did you change? You let me down. And see, there's also in our lives products. You ever had a product that you know and love, you trusted for years, and it changed the original formula? Anybody? Can you think about that? Let me remind you of a couple of them, okay? These are some that I thought of. Can we show the first picture? How many of you guys remember when this product changed? New Coke, right? And we're all going, we love old Coke. What's going on? Here's a story behind it. In the 1980s, Coke was losing ground to Pepsi. So it tried to create a product that would taste more like Pepsi. It launched New Coke in 1985, but quickly abandoned the product after a few weeks and went back to its old formula. It also gave its product a new name, Coca-Cola Classic, right? Here's the problem. You can't change a good thing. Don't try to get crazy. Don't try to improve with your new Coke business. We want old Coke. Amen? Come on, who's, who's Coke in the house right now? Who's Pepsi? Let's see it. Oh, discussion. That brings us to our next item that tried to change. In 1989, look at this next picture. Pepsi tried to target, listen to this, the breakfast cola drinker. <laughs> Anybody out there? You have a Coke for breakfast? You know, like, good, we got one right here. Not afraid to say it. They came out with Pepsi AM. It lasted only one year. Then in 1992, Pepsi tried again, this time with a clear cola. Crystal Pepsi. You guys remember that one, the clear one? No dice. It also died a year later. Here's the next one. That was, this one's really interesting. In 1990, this was an interesting experiment in brand extension. Coors Rocky Mountain Spring Water. <laughs> Launched in 1990. Didn't fare well. It turns out beer drinkers want only one thing from their favorite label, beer. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with the formula. Come on. Like, we don't want that water. Um, look at... The next one, in the late 1990s, Frito-Lay rolled out a line of chips with the upbeat branding of, wow! Um, you guys know this one. The marketing claim was tantalizing. 
A compound called Olestra allowed for a fat-free potato chip. Wow, but it was not to be. While it provided the satisfaction of tasting just like fat, Olestra's molecules were too large to be digested by the body, passing directly through the digestive tract unabsorbed. Sadly, the result was similar to that of a laxative. Stomach cramps and diarrhea prevailed. Okay. Here's my point. We need to have things in our life that do not change, that can be counted on, that are reliable, and that will not let us down because they want to go and do something else. We need people in our lives that are trustworthy, that are dependable, that they always act like that. I want them always to act like that. I don't want them to change. Well, everything in this world changes except one thing, and that's Jesus Christ. And the message of Hebrews 13:8, which is so good, is Jesus never changes. And you'd go, oh, no, well, Jesus, you know, he, he looked kind of different in the Bible and this and that. And what about now? And we're going to talk about that today, the fact that Jesus Christ never changes. So here's a context, verse 8. We don't want to just preach on one verse alone. What's the context? Well, we went through all Hebrews. We know what Hebrews talks about. Jesus is the only way. He's our anchor for life. Verse 7, right before it, we talked about last week, says, remember your leaders in the faith, those that, that gave an example of Jesus at work in their lives. And it says, imitate them, follow them, right? So here's the context of verse 8. Verse 7 says, remember back to the people that did stuff with Jesus in your past. You saw how he worked. You saw in your yesterday the fact that Jesus was real in people's lives and how good that was. You should follow that. And then he goes, now Jesus that you saw back then, he's the same yesterday in their lives as he is today right now in your life and as he will be. The next verse after that in verse 9 talks about, so because he's the same back in your leader's lives. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever in our lives. You should know that in verse 9, don't get distracted or attracted to strange new ideas. Don't go trying to do anything. Realize this. The original formula is the best. You don't need to change. You don't need to say, well, Jesus is good and, because that's the Hebrew audience, right? Well, we like Jesus, but we kind of think we're going to do it our own way a little bit. We're going to go back to the old way a little bit. We're going to change and the whole point of this verse here is basically saying, don't try new stuff. Don't think your way is better. The original formula is all you need. And he's good enough for your yesterday. He's good enough for your situation right now. He's good enough for your tomorrow. And we need to hold on to that. So that's what we're going to get into here today is he's still the best. He's not going to let you down. Because here's what I know. We're almost at the end of 2014, aren't we? We're at December 14th here today. How many of you guys just panicked a little because you realize how few shopping days are? December 14th, oh my gosh, right? But even bigger than that is this year is almost done. And with this year, you know, when the years end, we always kind of think as a milestone, the new year, what happened the last year? What happened in my recent past? And we could say a lot of good things, a lot of mountaintop experiences, good times with my kids, in the ministry, whatever, in my life. But I also got to admit, this past year has brought its own share of hurts and heartaches and regrets. I see there's things that I've done to myself, dumb decisions, dumb words I've used, whatever. I regret them. I'm ashamed of them. I'm guilty of some of the stuff I did. But there's also things that people have done to me. And there's hurts that have come on me and words been spoken about me and things that I'm like, I'm bummed about and I'm hurt about. And if you stretch it farther than the past year to 5, 10, 20, maybe some of us are carrying wounds and hurts regrets for like 40, 50 years ago. Things that we know Jesus, we're a Christian now, but that thing just always haunts us and it bugs us. And the problem is we're still holding on to things from our past. Or it could be even what's happening right now in our current situation. Not even talking about the past, but currently right now. Our past is good, but we're going through something right now. Here's some stuff I know. I know that in this church and in the world, 
People are dealing with the difficulties of life. Here's how I know that. You guys write prayer requests for us every week, and we join with you in prayer. I read them every week, the staff, the prayer teams, and we pray over these things. But here's some of the stuff that's going on in your lives right now. I'm not mentioning names, but this is the reality of where people are at in this church. The, the, the brutal chaos of life in itself in our current situation. Someone writes, my wife starts chemotherapy for her breast cancer on Tuesday. I pray for her strength, her immune system, and that the chemicals would kill all cancer cells in her body. God, please protect her organs and the healthy cells while ridding her body of cancer. That is a need and a request and a hurt that we have right now, and we need some strength to get through. Here's another one. Please pray for my friend's marriage to be healed, as well as for my brother who said he didn't want to talk to me anymore. I love him very much. That's a here and now real hurt. Here's another one. I just pray for the gift of sleep. I'm struggling in that area. And I pray for clarity about my next year in my life. I don't know where I'm going. Here's another one. I pray, pray for my mortgage to be paid off and for me to be debt-free. Financial difficulties. Here's someone else that says, pray for obedience for my daughter that she'd stop fighting authority and learn discipline for herself and for wisdom and knowledge for me on how to be a good parent to her. Here's people just going, I, I'm in it with my kids and I'm trying to figure out. I need some, some help right here. Here's, here's another person that says, um, I pray to God to remove the bondage that holds me down. Whatever that is, we can relate. We're going through stuff. Here's someone that said we'd like to pray for the family down the street who had a bad fire at their house yesterday. That's heavy. And then they're also talking about um, praying to try to get pregnant and that they could have patience and health as they go through this season. Here's someone else that says, pray for continued strength that I may cope with the marital separation, praying for my husband and children. Someone else, please pray for me and my husband. We haven't been to church in about one and a half months. I've decided to come back because I need God, but my husband isn't ready to come back. Pray for him, our marriage, my faith to grow, our finances and health. And I could go on and on and on. There's a reality. There's things from our past that we hold on to. There's things from our present that we're going on to. And then there's always the fear of tomorrow, the fear of the future. What's it going to bring? God, am I going to have enough money to cover the bills? God, how's my relationship going to go in this situation? God, I'm sick right now. Am I going to get better? Is this going to get worse? What's going on? We have fear. We have anxiety for all of those, those three situations in life. I read this quote by um, Robert J. Hastings, the author. He wrote this poem called The Station, this short story. And it says, he says in it, it isn't the burdens of today that drive men mad. It's the regrets over yesterday and the fear of tomorrow. Regret and fear are twin thieves who rob us of today. And see, I'd read that and I'd say, yeah, that's a big deal. That's, that's stuff that we deal, deal with. We deal with regret. We deal with fear. But I would, have to, I would have to say in that, we also deal big time with the burdens of today. And here's my message today, guys. Hebrews 13a, the series we're getting into, is that Jesus is the same loving, forgiving, healing, strengthening, redeeming God that he was way back in the beginning as he was in our past and he's capable of healing our past the same way that he's capable of loving us and healing us and restoring us in our present situation, the same as the one who can calm our fears about walking into tomorrow because he's already there. And so the word for today, we're just gonna kind of give us synopsis, is that we can rely on Jesus. We need something that won't change. That's our God. That's Jesus Christ. Amen? And the sooner we get to realizing that, the sooner we can begin to find freedom and, and find peace and get rid of all of this stuff that's holding us up. So I want to give you guys a, a biblical overview. I don't want to just give you this one verse. I want to prove to you throughout Scripture 
that Jesus has always been around and that Jesus is the same. He's unchanging in the, his character and his nature and what he's all about, his purpose and mission from the beginning all the way through till now, all the way through to the end of time, to our future, to eternity. So I'm gonna look at some, some biblical stuff here and we're gonna talk about Jesus as he was yesterday in the past. So here's what we see in um, the Bible. First of all, we see this. Jesus was at creation. You need to know that. He didn't just come on the scene when we read about him in Matthew and he's, oh, he's born to the little baby in Bethlehem, that's great. He was there. He's been around. He's God. He's part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says this in John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, that means the beginning of creation, world as we know it, the Word, which is Jesus, and we're going to prove how that's Jesus in a minute. The Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. See, here's what you got to know. Jesus was there in the beginning. The Bible says that he was there. He helped create the world, the universe as we know. He helped create mankind. He helped create us. And here's what you need to know about Jesus from the beginning. The reason that God created man, just so you know, refresh your memory, what it says in scripture, was that we would glorify him, that he would have a loving relationship with us. He put man and woman, Adam and Eve, in the original garden because he loved us. Do you understand? The reason he created us is because he loved us and wanted to have a lasting relationship with us. So the Jesus that was in the very beginning, his heart was always and has always been love for mankind. See, I know this, that... that um, I started dating, who is now my wife now, but my girlfriend way back when I was about, I was a senior and she was a sophomore in high school, right? I was at Kalaheo Mustangs. Come on, anybody in here? Kalaheo Mustangs? I get like a golfer's clap. Yay. I know, it's Castle. Sorry, sorry. I'm just saying. Mustang pride. I got to represent. But my wife was Kamehameha Imua. Anyone? Oh, crickets. Come on. Let's hear a big Imua right now. There, we got one person. That's, that's disappointing. Anyways, I'm a senior. She's a sophomore. We started dating. And I didn't date around a whole lot in high school. I was kind of waiting for the right one, right? I'm a romantic like that. No, I'm not. I just, I don't know. I was shy probably. But um, I was waiting for a good one, the right one to come along. Started dating my wife and, and then slowly get to the point of, I think I'm in love with this girl. And I really remember in my immature high school thought, in my mind or whatever, thinking, I think this is the one. I could marry this girl someday. I would like to. And I started thinking about, you know, like, I want to be a dad someday. I want the, you know, the whole deal. And I um, started thinking about that. Now I think, fast forward, man, we, we dated for a bit. We broke up. We dated other people. We got back together again. Like, oh, we're back again. And we broke up again. And we dated other people. We got back together. Third time's the charm. I popped the question, the ring, the whole deal. And now 18 years of marriage later, we got the three kids, the dog, the house, two cars in the garage, the whole story. But I think back to those high school times of first having those little thoughts of, oh, I'd love to be married to this person someday. I thought, how cool it is all these years later, it's fully come to fruition. Here's what you gotta know about Jesus. From the very beginning, before you and I were even created, he was thinking about us. And he wanted to create us to have relationship with him because he loved us. Now you gotta get this from the very start. Jesus loved us. It goes on in the Old Testament. Jesus was in the Old Testament. People say, no, he wasn't. He didn't come on the scene until the New Testament. He's the new covenant. He's in Matthew. He's in Luke. He's in the gospel. He was born. That's when he came to earth. No, here's the reality. Jesus says this in Luke 24, 25. Jesus talking about the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe. All the prophets wrote in the scriptures 
Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah, meaning the anointed one, that's Jesus, that would come, it says that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, which was the known Bible at that time. The, con the full contents of scripture was the Old Testament. He took them through the writings of Moses, all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. In other words, if you really go back and you read all the Old Testament, and you read all the books of law, and you read all the books of history, and the books of prophecy, and the books of uh, poetry, like Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, like that, you can actually find references in all of the Old Testament to the Messiah who's coming one day, to this, this long-awaited king that's going to come and set everything right in the world. The Old Testament is actually full of Jesus. It puts a whole new light in your life when you start reading the Old Testament, and you look, and you start going, whoa, Jesus was there. He's mentioned everything about his heart and who he was and he was coming. It's all the way back in the Old Testament. Then in John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said this, You search the scriptures, the Old Testament, because you think that they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Jesus is going, it was all about me. Here's what you guys need to know. Before Jesus even came to earth, he, and he was in our, the, the present, the New Testament, in our lives today and in the future, coming back, returning king tomorrow, he was way back from the beginning of creation all throughout the Old Testament. Everything points to him. Let me put it like this. If you watch a movie, movies usually always have a central character, don't they? Like the main person. Think about this, simple one. Um, who is the main character in The Hobbit? Frodo, right? Well, technically, because I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd as well as Tom, the Lord of the Rings series concerns Frodo Baggins, right? The Hobbit. But the Hobbit movie is about who? Bilbo Baggins. All right. You guys are like, you're a nerd, Carl. You're just like Tom. Yeah, sure we are. That's okay. How about this one? Make it a little bit easier. Uh, how about the movie The Hunger Games? Who's the main character? Katniss Everdeen, right? Some of you guys are going, what are they talking about? I don't know those movies. Those young people, they're crazy. Okay, let's, let's go old school then. Here's an easy one. Central character, Wizard of Oz. Dorothy, that's an easy one. That's good for all of you older generation. Love that one. Okay, here's a young one for the kids. The kids, the, the keikis, the grandkids. Frozen. Ooh, that was fast. Who said that? I was a kid, huh? No, oh, you just, you just love Disney. We all love Disney. It's a toss-up, though, right? Because there's, there's two in there, could be, right? Elsa and Anna, right? Okay, we're getting closer. Okay, uh, here's an easy one. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, trick question. You guys like, what? what? Harry Potter, yeah. Exactly. Here's what I'm trying to say. The Bible has a central theme from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The central theme of the Bible is God wanting to bring redemption to mankind so that he can bring us back into relationship with him. You guys understand that? Old Testament to New Testament, that's what it all is about. But the central character, the main character, the main plot revolves all around one person. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Here's what I'm trying to prove to you guys here today. I'm giving you an overview of some things. The next few weeks, we're going to dig deep onto each of these subjects. I want you to have a biblical overview. Is It's all about Jesus. Jesus goes, I was the same all the way back in the New Testament as I'm going to be in your present day and in your future. So he's saying, in the Old Testament, he's always there. In the New Testament, he's there. John 1.14, it says the word, we talked about this earlier, the word was with God. So now the word became human. He made his home among us. He's full of unfailing love and faithfulness. That's what Jesus is all about. You sum Jesus up in one word to describe him, L-O-V-E. It's about love. He came to us in the New Testament. 
He came to us because he wants to identify with us. He came to us because he loves us enough. Here's what I think about Jesus. Here's what I think when I take communion. Here's what I think about when I, I think of the baby being born in the manger and the word, his name shall be Emmanuel, that he came to earth with us. Here's the thought that I get. Is that God loved me so much that he went out of his way to chase after me to come down to my level. Do you guys get that? That that's the message of Jesus? Is that the God of creation and spiritual, like just omnipotence and all that he is that we're going, wow, we can't even relate to that. You're so huge. He goes, let me break it down for you. I love you this much that I'm willing to let my son who helped create the universe with me, I'm gonna let him become one of you and he's gonna get worked for your sake. He's gonna get killed, put on that cross, but he's gonna do something dramatic. As he becomes one of you, you're gonna be, come down to your level so that you can understand that God of heaven is reaching out because he wants relationship with you. Do you guys get that in the biblical message? That's Jesus. Now he came in the New Testament 2,000 years ago. That's Jesus of yesterday right? He came to be like us, to identify with us. You know, we, we go through physical ailments and we're like, oh man, my back's sore today. Jesus was a carpenter. And you got to know that he probably got calluses on his hands. He probably hit his thumb once in a while, right? He's probably making chairs and he probably went home. Oh mom, my back is sore today. Here's what I know about Jesus becoming human. I like that because when I pray and I go, oh Jesus, hey, can you, oh, you don't understand. He goes, no, I remember I was there like you. I was in a human body like you that, that kind of breaks down, that, that aches and pains once in a while. Oh, yeah, he does know that. And, well, God, you don't really understand what I'm going through. I'm heartbroken right now. It hurts so bad. This person let me down. or I'm experiencing loss or grief. And he goes, did I ever tell you the story about my friend Lazarus when he died? You guys remember in Scripture? And it says, the shortest verse in Scripture, John eleven thirty five, is a two-word verse. It says, when Jesus found out that his friend Lazarus has died, what did he do? Jesus wept. The shortest verse in all of scripture. You know what that says to me? Jesus had emotions like us. So when you're hurting and you're going through something, Jesus knows because he identifies because he became one of us. That's powerful stuff to me, right? That he went through all the same stuff that we did. So there's Jesus in the Old Testament. There's Jesus on the scene in the New Testament. But if you hold on, you realize that he's not just Jesus of yesterday. He's actually Jesus the same today. Matthew 28, 20. Jesus, on his way out of this life, died, resurrected, did the big thing. He goes back to heaven. And we're like, oh, Jesus left. No, he's actually the same. He says in Matthew 28, 20, be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, how could he be with us always? He went back to heaven. Well, here's something interesting, is that Jesus is still with us through his Holy Spirit. When I was here physically, he says, there's only one of me walking around the earth to be with you. But now I'm going to heaven. I'm actually giving you my Holy Spirit to live inside of all of you. And we would say, no, he's different. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, different personalities. Yes, they actually are different persons. But did you know that in all of these verses, and I think we've listed them all up there, go read those verses because you know what it says? The Holy Spirit, they refer to him like this. He's the spirit of Jesus. So when Jesus goes, I'll never leave you or forsake you, there's all these verses in here that say the Holy Spirit is actually a representative of Jesus himself. So just because he did all this stuff in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and he was there, now he's in heaven, he's really still here with us through his Holy Spirit to guide us, to empower us, to do things in our life that we can't explain, to, to give us peace. And we're going, is Jesus really here with me? Well, here's how I know it. There's, there's days that I wake up, maybe like you, and I'm a little bit worried and a little bit panicked about what's going to happen in my day. And I'm a little bit freaked out about, oh man, I got to pay these bills. I got to have this talk with these people. I got so much on my work agenda. Oh man, how am I going to do this? There's a little bit of anxiety in me. 
and I take the kids to school, and I get everything done, and I jump in my truck, and I'm driving up to work up here, and I just got to go like this. All music off, everything off, and I just got to say, Jesus, I need some help right here. You're not here. I can't see you. You're not you're not in the car with me. There's, no, there's nothing tangible. No one's talking to me. There's no, there's no outside influence. It's not music or anything. There's no one influencing my thoughts. All I do is sit there and pray to this God I can't see. Jesus, I can't see you. But you said your Holy Spirit's in me, and you're here loving me the same as you love people in the Old Testament, the New Testament, all of that. So I pray. And you know what happens? By the time I drive up and I get to work, I jump out of the car. I've got peace. I'm excited. I'm actually joyful about my life. And I check myself. Wait, are the problems still there? Problems are still there. How come I feel good about them right now? Do you understand that the Holy Spirit moves in ways that we can't see? He's powerful. Jesus is still here. He just did a miracle in my life. I came out of the house filled with anxiety and dread about my day. And the Holy Spirit did a work in me like the wind. Can't see the wind, but we can see the results of the wind. There's the Holy Spirit that's in us. So Jesus is the same today. Here's the, the third thing is Jesus is the same forever. That right now he's in heaven preparing eternity for us. You know why he's doing that? Because he loves us. He can't wait for us to be with him someday. John 14 says, one to three, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I will come back and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. You know what that says is? I have hope for my future. I have hope for eternity, that one day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to defeat the enemy and make everything right and he's going to bring us home to heaven with him. He speaks about the things that are going to happen, that we have hope in this world for our forever, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what does this mean to us? I just gave you a big bunch of Bible verses that's an overview. I want to take it to the hard issue right now. I want to talk about practical, what is, why is this verse so important? And then in the weeks to come, it's going to get good. You know, next week, our um, new youth and young adults pastor, Nick Love, is going to be coming, and he's going to be introducing himself, sharing his testimony, and talking about how Jesus is real in our past and in our yesterdays. Don't miss that one. It's going to be super good. But today, overview, here's what I get out of, of three things I get from the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 13, verse 8. Number one is this, Jesus can take care of your past. Jesus can take care of your past. He can, he can deliver you from all of the hurt, the abuse, the pain, the guilt, the shame. Think of the stuff in your past that you still hold on to. And you know you shouldn't, but you do because we all have that stuff. Jesus can change your past. You don't have to stay where you're at. Here's what I know. When I was in high school, I, um, for whatever reason, God gifted me with kind of a, a quick tongue. You know, I could, I could say a lot of stuff and I could always, you know, someone would try to cut me down and I would just come back tenfold. Rah! You know, I would just say all the things and just, just ruin people, you know, like, ha, ha, ha. And I would just do that. And I thought it was so funny, but it would step on people and it would hurt people. And it went over the line a lot of times. And it took someone coming to me one time, one of my high school friends, hey, let's go out to eat McDonald's. I'm like, yeah, shoots. We're eating McDonald's and, you know, talking about waves and surfing and girls, the normal high school guy stuff, right? Yeah. Eating McDonald's. And I remember eating my Caramel Sunday, extra peanuts, just enjoying life. And then my high school friend just goes, hey, can I talk to you about something? Yeah, sure, whatever. And he goes, hey, um, you know, the way you talk to people and the way you joke around and stuff is kind of funny, but it's really not. There's a lot of people you've been hurting. And I'm like, wait, what, what is this? Dr. Phil? Like, you, we're in high school, dude. We don't talk about this kind of stuff, right? But he was a godly friend. And he said, you probably need to lighten up on the way you talk to people. It hurts people. 
your sarcasm and your tongue, the way you use your tongue. I was like, what? I'm like, man, I'm trying to enjoy my Sunday and you're just ruining my day. And I actually went home kind of bummed. Like, oh, okay, thanks, whatever. We're not friends, you know? And I went home and I just remember <laughs> praying into it. And I'm like, God, is this real? And I remember God kind of confirming it. Yes, Carl, think about this. He started bringing to mind and memory all these people and, and their responses of how I've treated them and said things to them. I was like, oh my gosh. And he broke me and he humbled me and he changed me. See, I didn't have to remain the same person that I was in my past to who I am in my present and who my future is. This is what I know. Not only did God shut down my mouth for all the bad that, he was, that it was coming out of it, but this is the amazing thing about Jesus. He actually redeemed that tongue to use a tongue that spoke hurt to now be a tongue that preaches in front of you every week and preaches life and preaches healing and preaches Jesus. And it blows my mind to realize Jesus has been with me through my past and I don't have to stay in my past. I can walk in what he has for me. Are you guys hearing me? You don't have to stay who you are just because you think you're there. You don't have to keep all of the hurts and all the, the, the abuse that, that has been given. You know what? I know it's, it's a bigger step than just deciding one day to let go. But take the steps and take whatever six steps are necessary for Jesus to be the Lord of your past because he was there. He loved you then. He wants to heal you of that and lead you on to the present and the future. Is that a good word? Simple. Jesus can take care of your past. Don't stay there. Life's too short to deal with that kind of stuff, to carry that baggage. Not worth it. Was that a beautiful funeral service yesterday? A woman well-loved and, and respected in the community, in the kingdom of heaven. We know where she's at right now, so people were, were rejoicing and celebrating the life. But again, every time I go to a funeral, man, there's a lot of emotions stirred up. But one of the emotions that always comes to me is life is short. I better use it well. I better not hold on to all the crap that's been in my past, whether I did it or people did it to me. I don't have time for that stuff. Guys, we don't have time to carry around this extra weight that isn't about our present and it's not about our future. It's old stuff. Let God heal you of that and drop it and move forward. Amen? And I know it's hard, and I'm not trying to make light that it's just that simple, but I'm saying, have you even tried? We need to realize Jesus is the same. I love him today, and he loves my yesterday, and he wants to heal me of my past. Here's the second thing that we see, is Jesus can help you right now. That he's the God, his name is called Emmanuel for a reason. God is with us. That means he's here with you now. Wherever you are, whatever age you've lived in, human beings all throughout history, whatever, God is with you right now, right where you're at in the present situation you're in. We talked about all the, the, the praise, the prayer requests that we have, the cards that we filled out, and I read some of them, but did you know that God is actually working in all of those things? It's not like, we need help, and we don't get help. He's the God of right now. He's the same yesterday as he is today. Here's some praise reports. One person says this. Here's how I know my God is real in my present circumstances. Here's what someone said. The other day I made a request for financial stability as we prepare to move back to the mainland. Before Christmas, before Christmas, and God answered with a random paycheck in the mail for a recall from an old car that I don't even have anymore. He also answered prayers for news on where we'll move to next. Thank you, Jesus, for being there with us. Is that good? You know what that is? That's, that's God coming through when you're going, God, are you really there? Jesus, are you there? You did cool miracles back in the Bible. Does that work in my life right now? Here's someone going, we need some help. And a random thing for a car they didn't even know comes in the mail. That's Jesus at work in our lives right now. Do you guys see that? He's here with us right now. Let me read to you guys a couple other ones because there's some really good ones in here. One person says, my brother is now worshiping the King of Kings. Praise God, the best Christmas present either 
ever is that my brother is part of the kingdom. So someone found Jesus, and this person is rejoicing, saying, God is real today as much as he was the other day, Here, as he was yesterday. Here's another one about, about the Jesus of right now. Someone writes, Mahalo Nui Loa for the family ministry leaders and their guidance in our marriage, for their faith and example of a true Christ love. Praise the growth of my marriage and the importance of truly feeling loved and striving for a Christ-centered marriage. Thank you for all the leaders who gave me encouragement so I can believe in myself. Mahalo for Hope Chapel and the leaders and their heart for people. You know the reality is? Mahalo for Jesus Christ having the power to change someone's heart. Amen? That's the, that's the world we live in right now. These people are writing this. They wrote these last week saying, Jesus is alive and well in our present as much as he was in the Bible and in times past. Here's another one. Someone said, we've been praying for financial blessing and it seems like one roadblock after another. The brakes went out on our car. We didn't know how it was going to happen, but we knew it had to be fixed. The day before Thanksgiving, we received an anonymous blessing from someone. They had no idea, but it was more than enough to cover the brakes and then some. We are truly blessed and thankful. Jehovah Jireh is our provider. Is that good? See, God is alive and well. He wants to help you in what you're going through right now. Someone else writes, years ago while deployed, I sat behind a young family in church I prayed that that would be me someday. And today, while I'm singing in church with my two children by my side, I realized my prayer from years before had come true. Thank you, Jesus. That is good stuff. That's a God we serve. Someone else wrote, my dad was stage four cancer. I prayed, and now he's cancer-free. Whoa, that's a big one right there. He says, I get to spend Christmas free from the bondage of drugs in his own life, also with his healthy father. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my father and me. This is the Jesus we serve in the here and now that brings healing and freedom into people's lives. Amen? Come on, this is good. Here's this other one that someone says, after three years of praying and waiting, we received the keys to our new house in Kanioi. We lived in Waipio and... and sorry, for years and wanted to move for, for a long time. There were many times we reconsidered moving or staying in YPO and laying down roots in another community. But through prayer and many church family support, we kept hoping that this day would come. Thank you for your prayer and support for us through this God's journey. Now we can really say we are home. See, this is the Jesus of here and of now that wants to do things in your life. And when I read this verse, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he did miracles back in the day. He loved people back in the day. I read my Bible and I go, wow, that's cool. Is it valid for today? Is he here today? Just in these praise reports alone, I understand God is definitely here. Here's the problem. Sometimes we just don't pray. We just don't even ask. We forget. We think, well, God did those great things before. He's gonna take care of my future, but he's, there's no way he can help this one. This one's too far gone. And the problem is, Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. Do you believe I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever? Then you would ask. And if you ask, then stuff's gonna happen. Martin Luther once said this, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. You ever feel like that? I'm so busy today, I don't have time to pray. Well, Martin Luther said the opposite. I'm so busy, there's so much stacking up in my life, I better make sure I spend the three hours of my day praying to God because we ask. He is real today. Here's the third thing I get out of Hebrews 13.8 is that Jesus can give you courage for your future. He promised he's never going to leave us. He promised that we can walk boldly into tomorrow. I don't have to wake up with anxiety in my heart. I can walk into my tomorrow knowing that Jesus is always already there waiting for me. He's got it already. He's got plans for my life. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans and the future that I have for you. It's for good to prosper you, not for you to fall on your face. In other words, God didn't bring you this far 
He hasn't just been the God of the past and the present, and then he's going, but tomorrow you're going to blow it, Carl, because I'm going to run away from you. Ha ha. That's not our God, right? I had to talk to someone this week. They've been away from church for a while. He used to come every single week, multiple services. They got injured. And because of injury, they were sidelined. So they couldn't get rides to church, their therapy, and all that kind of stuff. But what happens is when you get away from the family of God and from all of that, you start to feel a little bit isolated. And then you start to feel a little bit abandoned. And you start to feel like, man, nobody cares about me. Hardly anybody's reached out to me. And I understand we're human, you know, by nature. It's kind of sometimes out of sight, out of mind. So some of her support system kind of forgot. I know they were praying for her. They were loving on her. We talked about her, but they didn't reach out as much as at least she would have felt or would have liked. And we've all been in that place where we feel isolated. We think everybody's against us. And you know what? She got so bad to the point. She wanted to give up on everything. Uh, You know what? God has been there for me. He's here for me now. But actually, I don't think there's a future because I, I feel let down. I feel abandoned. I don't think I want to be a Christian anymore. I don't think I want to even go back to that church anymore. I don't think I even have friends. She's literally willing to give up on life itself. She watched this, this show on TV, and it happened to have been a pastor, and he was just speaking life, and God used that pastor to say, no, go on, keep living another day, get out of bed. I got a plan for your life. And she got happy, but then she called me, and she goes, but I don't think I have a place in the future of Hope Chapel. I don't think I want to come back to that church anymore. I feel like I've been let down. So I took a full hour on the phone to sit there and to tell this person what Jesus already tells us is, I have plans for your tomorrow. I have plans for your future, and I'm there. You've been hurt. That's your past. You've got to let that thing go. But I'm not done with you yet. And I told this lady on the phone, you have gifts. You have the most incredible heart. You are a support system for me and my family. Personally, I need you. God has a plan for your life. And if you're someone right now feeling like, my future looks shaky, I don't know what's going to happen with my job, my career, my business, my, my wife, my this situation, God is already saying, no, it's not over yet. Why would I love you in the past and in your present and then let you go right now? I'm Jesus. I don't change. I'm the same. And you can walk into tomorrow knowing that I got a plan for your life and you don't have to be afraid of the future. Walk in peace, seek first the kingdom and all of his righteousness, and everything will be added unto you, right? Jesus said that in Matthew 6, three times in chapter 6. He says, don't worry. Don't worry about where you're at right now. Don't worry about the future. I got this thing. And so these three things are what I see in this verse that are so powerful. And I know we had only a short amount of time to to touch on these things. But are you fully giving Jesus control, surrender of your past, the stuff in the past? Are you giving him control of the burdens that you carry right now? You walked into church this morning going, oh, I hope I get something because I'm going through it right now. Are you allowing God to speak to you? Are you giving it to him? Are you praying about it? And thirdly, are you giving him your future? Are you trusting him as you walk out what tomorrow brings, what next week, what this next 2015, what that's going to bring, what the rest of your life, what does your eternity look like? Are you trusting that he's already there? Those are the three things. I want us to do something right now, and we're going we're gonna to end the service. I want you to think right now. Just think. What's the one thing right now that you're having the hardest time in letting Jesus work on in your life? Is something in your past, something in your present circumstance right now, or something that you're afraid of about happening in the future? What is the one thing right now that if someone were to ask you, what's the biggest burden in which area that you would, you don't have to go into detail, but you could say, and that thing from my past, I think I hate that thing. Or right now, it just looks too big for God to be involved in. Or I'm so scared. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know where my life's going to be. Think of that right now. And I want us to pray. Let's bow our heads on and think of that issue. Let's just bow our heads. 
God, we come before you right now, Lord, in this, this verse, Hebrews 13, 8, it's powerful. It says that you're the same, that you don't change, that your love is the one common denominator in all of history, wherever you have been mentioned and talked about and wherever you have been, Lord, your love never fails and never, it never lets us down, never changes. Lord, right now, we're not allowing the power of your love into at least one area of our life. And Lord, we're thinking of it right now and it's a hard one and it hurts and it's deep and it's big. But Lord, we wanna change. We wanna give you permission to, to bring healing, to bring forgiveness, to bring power and light and strength and love into whatever that situation is in our life right now. So Lord, right now, as we pray, we offer up to you whatever this problem is. Lord, that right now, here and now in church this morning, we would take the first step that just gives you permission to work on that area in our lives. Whatever we're stubbornly holding on to right now, Lord, we just begin to release it. And would you just right now, and just in your own heart and your head, would you just give him permission, God, here, take this thing. Just take it, God. First step, it may not be completely healed and erased today, but this is the first step that you've been needing to do. God, I trust you with this. Would you come and bring healing? Jesus, you're the same. I can trust you. You're reliable. You're not gonna judge me. You're not gonna mock me. You're not gonna not do anything. You're gonna do something if I would just allow you to have it. So here it is, God. And I pray right now, Father God, that you would begin to work through your Holy Spirit, that the, the power and the, the love and the person of Jesus through the Holy Spirit would begin working right now, bringing healing and restoration and forgiveness and, and calming our fears and, and just being there with us, reminding us that you are there as we go through all that we go through. We don't have to go through it alone. Lord, whatever this first step is, would you begin the process right now in everybody's hearts and in their minds? Thank you, Lord. And as we continue to pray, I just wanna offer up a second prayer. And this prayer is one we pray every week, which is the opportunity for anybody that's, that's been far from God to come right near to God. That he's waiting for you. He loves you. He created you. He's been around for all time. And his heart has always been the same for you. It's love. And he just wants you to, to reciprocate, reciprocate in this relationship. He's reaching out to you. He sent Jesus, his only son, to reach out to you. But you've never really come back and offered yourself and reached back to him. And if you're at a place in life right now where you're feeling like, man, it's, it's about time. There's more. God has a plan for my life. He loves me. It's not about a, a judgmental religion. It's about a relationship that's full of hope and blessing and good things for my life. And it's a lot easier than I make it out to be. If you realize that here today, I want to lead you in a prayer that would make things right between you and God. I'll start you in on a new relationship with him where he's going to bless you. He's going to love on you. He's going to forgive you and he's going to heal you. If that's you this morning, I want to say a prayer with you that would be your words, your heart to God. I'm going to pray the words out loud with you and for you. I'm going to ask that you'd make them the words of your heart. You don't have to pray them out loud in front of all these people. But in your heart, you would mean the words that I'm saying out loud to God. And you would meet with him. You'd start a new relationship with him and just literally sit back and watch what he can do with your life, no matter who you are, where you're at, what you've done, where you're headed. He's there. He loves you. If you'd like to say a prayer right now with me that allows you to have that relationship to actually know that you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, he's moving in your life. Or maybe you're someone that you think you once had that relationship, but it's been years and you've walked away and you don't feel him there anymore and you don't really live for his purposes, but you're, you're here today in church and you know something needs to change and you're saying, it's time for me to come back to him. Well, that's, this prayer is for you as well. And I want to pray for you in a minute here and just you pray along quietly with what I say, but I want you to let me know that we're praying here together. People seated around you have their eyes closed and their heads bowed. 
But if you wanna pray this with me, I just wanna know who I get the privilege of praying with this morning. When I count to three, I'm just gonna ask for you to raise your hand to let me know that we're praying this together. Then you can, once you let me know, then you can put your hand down and I'll lead you in this prayer. But on the count of three, if you would just raise your hand just so I know who I'm praying with this morning. One, two, three. Would you lift your hand if you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life? I see one, I see two, I see three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Got you back there, 10. At least 10 people in the room today. Just so you know, those people are clapping because they know what decision you're making right now in your heart because they've already made that one and they know it's good. So go ahead and put your hands on. Just pray this with me in your heart as I say it out loud. God, I'm here today and I realize that I need you. I need change in my life. Lord, I need something that I can rely on because everything else changes. And Lord, I want to change for the better. And I want to know that you're there and that you've always been the same. You're always full of love, always wanting relationship, always got a plan for my life. And it's just about time that I said yes to it. Or maybe, Lord, I'm returning after a long time of being away. Either way, God, here's my heart right now. And I pray, Father God, that I would seek you and follow you in all that you do. I believe that Jesus came to this earth and his heart has always been love and relationship. So I believe that he came down to this earth 2,000 years ago. He went to the cross to take the hit so that I don't have to, so that I wouldn't have to pay for my separation from you with eternity in hell, separation from you. But Lord, instead, you died so that I can live. You paid the price for me. I believe that. I believe you rose from the dead on the third day. You literally, physically did that. I believe that because you proved that you are the son of God. And he proved that, that because of that, now I have freedom and forgiveness of my sin, of my shame, my guilt, my regret, my fear, all of that stuff, Lord, my baggage, that I can have eternal life in you and that you have a relationship and a plan for me in my life, Lord. So here I am just saying yes to all that you are. Lord, yes to, to continue to walk out my faith by reading the Bible and learning about you, by coming to church and talking to other Christians so that they could have my back and pray for me and, and bless me and speak to me and encourage me. Lord, that I would be water baptized to symbolize outwardly what's going on in my heart right now. I'm dying to my old self, my old identity, becoming a new creation in you. And Lord, that I would be open to anything you want to do in my life miraculously, supernaturally. You're a God that is not natural. You're supernatural, Lord, and you have all power. Lord, I would welcome your Holy Spirit to move in my life, to speak to me, to lead me, and to do miracles, change hearts, change attitudes, bless finances, all that stuff, healing, all that stuff you're capable of. Lord, I want all of that. So Lord, from the bottom of my heart right now, I'm saying yes to you. I will follow you all of my days. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we praise God for those 10 people this morning? That's good, so good. Well, amen, amen.